0: this morning heavenly father we come to your precious word and father we know lord that it is forever father your word will stand forever and i pray father we might understand that as we open it and we might receive your living words that it might challenge our hearts father to be more faithful unto thee this we ask in jesus name amen amen if you will take your bibles with me let's turn to matthew chapter 16 the gospel of matthew chapter 16 together and we're going to look at the account we read in our scripture reading there the account here where jesus had taken his disciples up to an area called caesarea philippi And just a little background, Caesarea Philippi is about 30 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. If if you've ever pictured in your mind Israel, uh, that is where Caesarea Philippi is, and it's along the coast. So you would go up 30 miles north and towards the coast, and that is where Caesarea Philippi was. Uh, I've had the blessed opportunity to be there and to see Caesarea Philippi on one of my trips, well, more than one to, to Israel. And you go up there, and there's, there, there's all kinds of rocks where people used to come up, the Jews would come up, and, and there in the rock, uh, you know, the, these giant rocks, uh, you would walk through, and, and you would see these holes carved into the rock you know, just um, you know, dome-shaped uh, carving into the rock, and we were told that is where many people would place their idols. That they actually would, you know, those who were not worshiping the God of Israel, but they were they were in idolatry. So they would go up there. They'd place their little idol in that. Uh, carved out rock that would be an altar for them and they would come and worship their god there now i think this is important because of of why jesus is now saying this why he took them there to ask him the questions he does so look with me here at matthew 16 verse 13 Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, okay, remember all these um, uh, altars are in the rock, he began asking his disciples, saying, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, the Lord Jesus almost always, all the time in the New Testament, referred to himself as the Son of Man. We're we're not exactly told in Scripture what that phrase means, Son of Man. But most Bible scholars have come together and they believe it speaks of the humanity of Christ, but the sinless humanity of Christ, him being divine. 100% human and 100% divine but this was more speaking of his humanity he would call himself the son of man and uh, it was also that same phrase if you look in daniel chapter 7 the phrase son of man is used there to describe the designation for the messiah to come so so that that word was also used to speak of the coming messiah so he asked them Who do people around here say that I am? He's testing them. Verse 14. And they said, well, some say John the Baptist. Others, Elijah. But still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now, here we have them mentioning different names. Notice that the names are basically those of prophets Elijah, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, or one of the other prophets. Now, why would the Jews, when they hear Jesus teach, why would they, some of them, think, oh, he's Elijah or he's Jeremiah? Well, there's a reason for that because the Jews actually believe that. The good men's souls, those men they considered good, like the prophets, when they died, their spirit would go into other bodies of living people. That's what they believed. And you can. it's also mentioned in the Talmud, the, the uh, most important book to the Jews, along with the Bible. But this is what they believed. And so they believed that when the uh, there was going to be, they knew that there was going to be a forerunner to the Messiah coming because the Old Testament spoke of it. So they, they were thinking that Jesus is probably a forerunner of the real Messiah. And they believed that the spirit of one of these prophets, like Elijah or Jeremiah, will enter that person, and so that person will have the power of Elijah or Jeremiah and they will be the forerunner. And so they actually have the spirit living within them. Kind of like a, a reincarnation almost kind of thought. So that's important to understand why they, they, uh, the people would say, oh, he's, he's John the Baptist, you know. And, and by this time, John the Baptist was already dead. Uh, he had already had his head cut off by Herod. So, so these are mostly dead prophets. So they give this uh, answer. This is what people are saying about you, Lord. But then he says in verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Forget the people, others who are what they say now. I want to know what do you say about me? What do you believe about me? And so he comes directly to this his, his disciples on where they stand, what they believe about Jesus. And, of course, Simon is the first one to speak. In verse 16, he makes this great confession. Look with me at verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. There Peter had made this statement, which he believed with all his heart. He made this statement that he believed with all his heart. And then look what Jesus says in verse 17 to him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon bar because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying, Peter, what you just said, you must understand that didn't come from Peter thinking, Uh, You know, you know, just came up with this idea. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe he's uh, the Christ and add on the son of of the living God. This was a statement of, of who Jesus really was. He was the divine son of God. And so this this thought, this confession, Jesus says to him, Peter, flesh and blood didn't didn't tell you this. Some other person didn't come and tell you to say this or put this in your mind. This came strictly from your Heavenly Father. Your Heavenly Father put this in your heart and mind to the, so that your eyes would be open, your spiritual eyes would be open to see who I really am. And that is still going on today. Ever since the beginning, as Peter made that confession, it is when people hear the good news of the gospel. They hear of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for their sins, and they believe he's the Son of God as the, as the gospel is preached to them and shared with them. The God, the Father, then will open spiritual eyes so that people might see and believe who he is. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians 2. Concerning spiritual blindness. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. If you look with me here, what Paul says to the church. But a natural man... Does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they, the things of God, are spiritually appraised or examined. In other words, these, the, the spiritual things are revealed to the natural man only by the Spirit of God. Verse 15, But he who is spiritual praises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no man. Here we, we see uh, Paul is speaking about the natural spiritual blindness that everyone is born with turn over to 2nd corinthians now if you just go over to 2nd corinthians chapter 4 and we see here in 2nd corinthians 4 verse 3 paul speaks of the gospel here the preaching of the gospel verse 3 2nd corinthians 4 And even if our gospel is veiled, hidden, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has what? See it there? Blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God satan has a hand in it we are born blind spiritually because we are born with a sinful nature but satan seeks to keep us blind and keep us from blind that we might not see or understand who jesus is and be saved to accept him but it is at the point when someone hears the gospel that the holy spirit will move and suddenly The eyes, spiritual eyes are opened and someone says, yes, I now see it. I now see who Jesus is and I know I need him in my life. And so many of you have had that experience of where you came and the God, the father revealed to you the truth as you heard it. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Speaking of the Lord Jesus. So go back with me now, if you would, to Matthew 16. So, this is what Jesus is talking about here that God the Father revealed this this statement and this truth to Simon Peter. But what I want to do with the rest of the time that we have is to focus on verse 18. Now, let's just read uh, 18 through 20 together. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell shall not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. Now that last verse, Jesus is telling them, don't don't tell anybody I'm the Son of God. Why would he say that? I thought they were supposed to carry out the gospel. Well, the reason is that Jesus... Is about to go to the cross. And the nation of Israel, most of the nation of Israel, has now rejected Christ as the Messiah, as the Son of God, as a Savior, as the Christ. And so therefore, they turned their back on Jesus. They're planning to crucify him. So Jesus says, Now's not the time to go witnessing. Because what's done is done. People have made up their minds about me. They're blind. And so the time will come later to once again proclaim the gospel. But for now, you don't need to tell others who I am. And then Jesus said to Peter that in verse 19, he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is kind of a difficult verse to, in, to understand and interpret. Uh, but um, many good Bible teachers believe that he's here Jesus is talking about the binding and lo- loosening of sin once Peter comes to Pentecost and he's, he's filled with the Holy Spirit and then suddenly Peter is the spokesman at Pentecost. And in essence, that, that is, those are spiritual keys. Keys unlock doors as well as lock them. And so if Peter is going to be able to preach the gospel and sins will be forgiven. Or those will, who reject Christ, their sins will be bound to them here on earth. So that's kind of a one take on that verse. But verse 18 here. He said to him, I say to you that you are Peter. And th- that, word, that w- word Peter in the Greek is the word Petros. Okay, Petros. And we, uh, we need to understand the, the original meanings of these words in this verse. He says, Peter... You are Petros, which means, in Greek, a rock. Now, Jesus had already said this back in John chapter 1. We won't turn to it, but you remember way back in John 1, Jesus gave Peter that name. Thou art Cephas, and called him Cephas again, which means basically is this Petros, stone, or rock, Okay so so he says uh, you are a rock but then comes this confusion that has 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 uh, been taken the wrong way and created all kinds of problems he when he said you're Peter and upon this rock I will build my church now, when you first hear that and read that, it sounds like he is talking about, well, Peter, I'm building my church on you. You're the rock. You're the rock, and I'm going to build my church on you. But Notice he says, he doesn't say, and upon you I will build my church. Notice what Jesus says. He said, your name is Peter. You are Peter, the rock. But upon this rock, rock i will build my church here is the part uh that again people have gotten confused over the centuries and there are different uh understandings of of what this means traditionally in the church there are three different kinds of answers to this one is of course uh, jesus is referring to the church will be built on peter Secondly, the second thought is that Jesus is going to build his church on himself. And the third thought is that Jesus is, is going to build his church on the confession that Peter made. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that, I believe that it is those two. That G- Jesus is speaking of himself himself. That he is, we know that he is the rock. We sung about it today. He's the rock of our salvation. But also, that statement that Simon gave, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It is upon the truth of that statement that we believe the church was built on, which is the pure gospel, who Jesus is. And it's interesting that the second word for uh, here, for the rock, of course, Peter means rock in the Greek, petros. But then he says, and upon this rock I will build my church. That word rock Jesus uses there is a different word for a rock, a different Greek word. And the Greek word is petra. Petra uh, I some of you may have heard of Petra over in Israel uh, it's it was a city made out of stone and you can walk these these trails and go through there and you see rooms and temples carved into the rock and uh, so they named it Petra but this the word Petra is used here by Jesus which means, a shelf or a ledge of a rock, which means something extremely solid, not just a single stone, because the name uh, Petros, the name for Peter, means just a a single stone. But Jesus uses this other word for rock, upon this rock, which means a solid foundation, a solid rock, this is what I'm going to build my church upon. And here is the key to this whole passage, that Jesus planned to build his church on the gospel and the word of God. And Jonestown Bible Church, 66 years ago, as God began to work through Pastor George and Betty, and others who came around alongside of them to help they planted this church but you know why we're here 66 years later it's because this church through them was built upon this rock the gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ built on the truth. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. It was built on the gospel as the gospel went forth to those servicemen and women. And then, of course, standing on the word of God and preaching the Bible. And that's why we have the name of our church, Jonestown Bible Church. And how sad it is to see those churches and institutions that have have had the the word bible in their title they've removed it i graduated from philadelphia college of bible that was thank you i heard someone say you hoo, uh fellow alumni somewhere back there yeah and that was in the inner city of philadelphia But then as they gradually moved out of the city, they became a university. Suddenly the name started to change. It changed it to another name another name. Finally they removed the word Bible. Today it's called Cairn University. Still a good Bible school. But they didn't want to offend anybody anymore. And so they removed the word Bible. And so how many churches do you see with the name Bible in their title i am so thrilled that we have the word bible to define us because our church was built on the word of god and upon the gospel and jesus is that solid rock of course we know that paul said no other foundation can a man lay except that which is laid which is what who jesus christ there is no other foundation jesus is that rock he said, i'm going to be the rock for the church and so i will build my church upon this rock and it is upon this rock that you and i are stones that god chose you and you and you to be living stones that he would use to build up his church. You know, the church is not really this building, even though we call a church, oh, I'm going to church. The church is you, you who are sitting in these pews, you who have come together. And the word church literally means a called out assembly, a called out assembly. So it's not, not a building, but that you, you could meet anywhere as the believers in Christ, and you—you you are the church, and you and I have been built to to uh, uh, build upon the foundation. Turn with me to First Peter quickly, First Peter one, verse twenty-three, and Peter explains it here, verse one. Actually, verse 22. 1 Peter 1.22. We'll, we'll pick it up there. He writes, Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you who have been born again, the true church, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is... Through what? The living and abiding word of God. There it is. Jesus would build his church upon his word and upon the truth of who he is. Verse 24. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. There it is. This is how Jesus would build his church, through the preaching of the word and the gospel. Then he says in verse 1 of chapter 2, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes, long for the milk of the word, that, it, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord... And coming to him as to a living stone, there's Jesus, the living rock, living stone rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, here verse 5, you also as living stones, that's what you're called once you become part of the family of God. You're a living stone and you are being built up as a spiritual house. For a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is the command contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And that's a title that refers to Jesus Christ. And he who believes in him shall not be disappointed shall not be disappointed. Jesus was called the cornerstone. And those of you who understand and you've built houses, if you built a house of stone, the first stone you put in the foundation is the cornerstone. Because upon that cornerstone, when you lay that down, it is upon that that you build the rest of the foundation. And if that cornerstone is not a good cornerstone, maybe it's not straight. Or it's not solid enough. It, it will it will make the whole house crooked. It's the chief, the most important part of the building process. It's the first piece put down the cornerstone. And that's what Jesus was. Jesus is our cornerstone. And upon this cornerstone, he built his church. And you and I are, are still living stones that he's using to build that church. But my friends, as we continue on, until Jesus comes, this church will continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and preach the word of God. And that's what has allowed us to reach 66 years. That God would be blessed. It doesn't mean that the storms didn't come and and, and you know rocked rocked our church over the years. Satan tries to get in and tries to divide and conquer. He tries to destroy the church. But what did Jesus say? The gates of hell, he told Peter, shall not prevail against it. And I just want to close with Matthew chapter 7. If you turn to Matthew 7, you and I are the building. The question is, how am I building my life as a living stone? Because what, how I'm building my personal life will determine how the church I go to is going to be built. Here in Matthew chapter 7, we've got the story, the account, of course, the parable that Jesus gave about the two builders. Verse 24, Matthew 7, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man, Who built his house upon the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against the house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded upon the rock everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them he will be like the foolish man who built his house on upon sand and the rain descended and the floods came the wind blew and burst against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall. How am I building my house? Am I building on the rock Christ Jesus in my life? Am I concerned about the, the heavenly things in my life, that I'm doing the will of God? Or am I building on the things of this world? Though I'm a Christian, I'm on the solid rock, I may be building my house, my, my life, on, on, on sand. I want to close with this and uh, I brought something with me here okay I'm gonna bring this out here now I I think all the kids are gone no no not all of them let me see is that Carter Carter would you and Bryce is that Bryce Carter and Bryce would you guys come up yeah I need to thanks guys all right I want you to come up here because you're going to help us understand this. Okay? You're going to help us understand this. So what I want you to do real quick is come on up. Come on right here. Okay? Now, what I've got here is a box of Legos. Okay? Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be house builders. OK, you're going to each build your own house with these Legos. OK, so you sit right down here. Now, these, this is what you you'll start your house with. OK, so you can kneel down here and then pick out some pieces that'll fit on there and make a little house. I don't know if you, t- you have to turn it this way. OK, so this will be like that. And, and try and fit some pieces on there. Then we're, they're going build, to build a house. <laughs> okay, you are dismissed for lunch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they're, they're putting their houses together, okay? Now, as they're putting their houses together, I brought with me two things. Oh, by the way, let me just get, can I get the wireless going here, the wireless mic? Thank you, Steve. Yeah, there we go. Woo. Hey, Carter, and and real quick. By the way, can you tell look in this pan. Do you see in there? What what is in that pan? A rock and sand. A rock and sand. That's right. Okay, you may keep building. All right. A rock and sand. That's right. We've got it right here. We got a rock and we got sand, okay? We're going to build some houses and put them on the, this foundation, these two foundations. How are you coming? Is it hard to find pieces? Okay. All right. Okay. Excuse, excuse, excuse me one second. Oh, no, that doesn't work. Okay. It's supposed to... There, look at that. Okay. Okay. Here, we'll use that as one house, okay? Can, can you use that? Yeah. We'll just leave it like that. Yeah, that's good. Okay, yeah. I know you don't have, we don't have time to, for you to make it really nice. So we'll just take what you have, okay? Bring that up here, you guys. <laughs> okay, some of the houses don't have walls, okay? But, but <laughs> that's all right. Okay, so we have two foundations here. Okay, Bryce, would you put your house on top of that sand right there? Okay, and where do you think you're going to put yours? On the rock, that's right. Okay, we have the houses on a rock and on sand. Now what did Jesus say? Jesus said, man who builds on the rock, when the winds and the storms come, it's going to stand. When you and I, are building on Christ Jesus, and we're building with spiritual materials in our life, godly materials, and we're building on that rock. We, our house, our life will, will, will be able to endure the storms of life. But if we build on the sand, what did Jesus said? When the storms come, oof, it's going to be fall, fall over. So, this is our storm, Okay? there's water in here okay guys so we're gonna spray this we'll pretend it's a storm and what I want you guys to do as I'm doing this is you're the wind so you stand here and go just from here just go okay when I start spraying the storms coming you you may want to duck behind the pew okay are you ready ready to start blowing ready set go All right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's happening in the storm? There we go. Is it working? Okay. Okay. (sighs) Since we got to go to lunch. Okay. Here we go. The storm, the water will come. Storm's coming what is what is happening what is happening to to our oh my goodness what happened to your house i thought you were a good builder and no you're not okay carter your house stayed and stood in spite of the storm it's still standing Why? Because this represents Jesus Christ, the rock. Give them a good hand, would you? They did great. Thank you, guys. You're fantastic. You know, just a simple thing. But let's realize that I have a responsibility as a child of God to help build his church, to build this church, to build the spiritual church, and I am a living stone. So what? how am I going to build my life and use my life in such a way that it will help Jonestown Bible Church grow and become strong? As I meditate on God's Word, I read it, get it into my heart, and I live it. I obey God's Word and then share the gospel with others. What happens? Up goes the church. We continue to build Higher and higher, stronger and stronger until Jesus returns. Let us ask God to use each one of us to build his mighty church. And remember, Jesus said, we just do our part, but who does the real building? Jesus said, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell won't won't prevail against it. He's building it but he wants to use you. Let's pray together. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, dear friend, if you're a believer this morning and you're you're looking into your own heart and life and you realize that maybe you're not building the way you should, that your own personal life is kind of like a mess. You've allowed the world to kind of come in and you've been using the world's materials to build it. And you haven't been using God's word. Haven't been walking in his ways. Haven't been seeking God's will in your life and being used of God, being willing to be used of God in his service to build up his church. Would you say, yes, Lord, I'm ready to be used. Forgive me of my sin, and Father, now I want to be used of you. Help me to change things and begin to build my life in such a way that when the storms come, my house will stand firm, and you can use me to continue to build your church. Would you make that decision this morning, Christian? If you're here without Christ you never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Now is the day of salvation for you. Do not wait any longer. Jesus is speaking to your heart. Jesus died on that cross for you and shed his blood that your sins could be washed away. You could be forgiven and you would become a child of God. Do you want that to take place today? Are you ready to believe in him? Trust him by faith that you can become a living stone? part of the family of God, and you will have everlasting life. If you're ready to make that decision, pray with me now. Just pray quietly in your heart to a prayer like this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you died on that cross for me. You took the punishment for my sin. Come into my heart. And wash my sins away. I receive you today as my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead, Lord Jesus. And with head still bowed, if you gave your heart to Christ, dear friend, you are now born again. You've had a spiritual birth. Welcome to the family of God. Heavenly Father, take these truths. Father, I pray that we might leave here, Lord, rejoicing in the rock of our salvation. And that we might seek to glorify you by building the right way. That one day we might hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you for decisions that have been made today for your glory. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.